I'm Mike. And I'm Adam. And this is Stuff and Waffle. Two friends talking about stuff, and often as not, waffling with frequent reference to Bond cars. Yeah, that Tesla's getting a bit successful, isn't it? Apparently so. Mm, really catching on. Profits are right up there, I've heard. Yeah, uh, very much so. Into all sorts. Yeah. It's mm. getting very popular. Model 3, best-selling car in the, in the UK at the moment, I believe. Well, that's Which all right, isn't it? Quite an achievement. Um, well, that'll do. I mean, if I, God, I mean, that's that's good that it's it's going that way. Yes, but in the grand scheme of things, I'd be interested to know how many new cars are selling in general. Yeah, I think numbers generally are down. Um, hmm. If you look at the the league tables that get published, generally car sales are are well down. I think electric cars are the only growth area at the moment. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I don't think, I mean, the top, the top selling three or four now are electric. Mm, with the model, that's quite pleasant. Model three, the Model 3 is quite well out ahead. And it's and not it an is, SUV. And it's not an SUV. For that, we must be very grateful. Yes, well, they haven't launched the Model Y over here yet. So oh, Don't bother. No, they will. And it'll be huge. And they'll be everywhere. Because, uh, yeah. However, that's that. That wasn't um, that wasn't my point. Um, you don't need to get me sick enough about SUVs. SUVs, no, indeed. Um, yeah, looking at the success of Tesla, and I was thinking, well, it so easily could have gone the other way, mm. which led led me into thinking, what cars have very much gone the other way over the decades. Because there have been some massive failures, even from big manufacturers. Well, I'm not going to mention the DeLorean because we've covered that excessively elsewhere. But and that was from you know a small startup. But I'm talking, I'm talking big failures from big manufacturers who have completely got it wrong and completely misjudged the market. Over uh. the years. And there have been there have been some corkers. There have been some boo-boos. Yes. There are a few that leap to mind. Yes, I've got a few that leap to mind. And one I'd like to mention is uh, an electric car, Mm. which comes from the 1990s, so a very early electric car, the GM EV1. Mm. Very few people outside of California have ever heard of it. It was, uh, for the time, it was brilliant. It was it was decades ahead of its time in in terms of what it could do. Well, um, that's its problem, really. That's that's what it bears yeah, down to. It was well, ahead of its time, and yeah, I mean, there's lots of conspiracy theories about it. In fact, there's there's a couple of movies about it. Um, <laughs> uh, Who killed the electric car? Which was a movie specifically about the GM EV1. It was made from 1996 to 1998. They built 1,100 of them. It had a range of about 80 miles, which for the time... Yeah, not not too shabby at all, actually. Not too shabby at all. Um, It was a a two-seater coupe. It wasn't really a sports car, but it it wasn't a family car either. It was a two-seater coupe. Quite futuristic looking. The people who had them absolutely loved it absolutely loved it but they didn't sell uh, a single one they leased them 
So this is a bit of a funny one in that it we call it an automotive failure, but actually everybody who had one absolutely loved it. So I don't know that it was a technical failure. I think it was a deliberate failure. I think GM squashed it in the end. I mean, literally squashed it because they crushed them all in the desert. Um, <laughs> they, I, I think it was deliberately done away with uh, because it, it began to threaten their core business and threaten the interests of their big investors. Oh, it's um, going to upset the oil barons. Yeah, exactly. And I think it was deliberately done away with. A few still exist because although they didn't renew any of the leases and they demanded all of them back, mm. a few people basically hid them away and refused to give them back. A few now exist in museums. There are a handful that are still running and driving around the world. Um, impressive. Well, it was impressive, actually. It was impressive tech. And one of the uh, senior engineers who worked on it for GM, a lady called Chelsea Sexton, uh, is today a big activist and promoter of EVs generally. She's done quite a bit of work with Fully Charged. Mm -hmm. um, and she... Uh, she worked. She was one of the engineers on the on the GM EV one. Um, Very cool. And yeah, it was. It wasn't a flop, but it was deliberately made into a flop, and they were all they were all taken back. And there's film online of the transporters full of the damn things being driven out to the desert where they were all crushed, even though there was nothing wrong with them, and all oh, the owners wanted to keep them. So it's a sad, sad story. The EV1 came to a very, a very sad and premature end. It's a bit of a false start, that wasn't it? Yeah, it was. If GM had pursued that, who knows? You know, Tesla yeah, may quite. never have. Tesla may never have existed. Tesla may never have needed to be to come into existence. Um, That's it. If you've got a big manufacturer like that, and they jumped on the bandwagon at that point in time, we'd yeah. be in a very different place. We would be in a very different place. The EVs now would be dominant petrol and diesel would have all but disappeared by now and we'd all be driving electric and you know gm would have owned it and then ford would have followed along very quickly and yeah the last 20 years would have been uh, very different i think mm. but it was not to be um gm for their own reasons decided to not continue with it they said it wasn't commercially commercially viable and they had poured billions into developing the thing yeah um but that does beg the question why if you're going to spend that kind of money on developing it why would you then not continue with it why would you just throw it away weird no. doesn't, doesn't make sense um, no no having I'm spent that much on it just throwing it away doesn't seem commercially viable surely if you're that deep in you're gonna have to continue with it <laughs> to try and make it work um, this is true and it, i mean it's not like they were binning if binning it off because it was like technically broken or no. not working properly i mean no, the, re the reliability of them was phenomenal it's um, it's not like uh it's, uh it's a very tangent reference but when uh they made et for the atari and it was that crap it got shipped off to a dump <laughs> Right. All of the copies went, no, don't no, bother. Not having it. No. Yeah, that's right. But that wasn't the case. For no, not people. at all. It was reliable, well-built, 
innovative. The people who had them loved them and wanted to keep them and were wanting GM to develop it. You know, a lot of them were saying, well, can we have, you know, saloon cars based on this? Can we have a, mm-hmm. you know, a, a minivan, as they call them over there, based on this? Can we, you know, uh, we want yes. a, you know, we want we want more of this. This is really good. And yeah, they they wouldn't do it. And not only would they not develop it, they withdrew the model and had them all destroyed. Which That's the weird bit, isn't it? That's the weird bit. People were offering them big sums of money to keep them, to buy out the leases and say, No, mm. no, no, we don't want to give it back. We want to keep it. How much do you you know, name your price? And they wouldn't do it. They took them all back. Well, not all of them, but the vast majority of them, only because some people just hid them away and refused to give them <laughs> um, And some people actually fought them in court because GM did try and take some owners to court over not returning them. I mean, they were they were hell-bent on getting them back. Um, they did not want this technology out in the wild. Very um, strange. Very strange. And, yeah, some people fought them in court for years to, to keep their cars. What a state uh, to get in. Uh, it's weird. The whole, I would urge anybody who's interested to watch Who Killed the Electric Car because it lays it all out. It's a good, good sort of docu movie um, mm. about it. And it, it, yeah, it shows it all. And the film actually of the transporters of them being driven out to the desert where they were destroyed um, is in there. And, you know, people out on the roads with placards, um, you know, <laughs> trying to block the transporters and things. People were desperate to keep these cars. That's what doesn't make sense. And the official reason was it wasn't commercially viable. How can a car that is that popular not be made commercially viable? They could yeah. have sold hundreds of thousands of them. It just doesn't make sense. If it's not commercially viable, but you've still got, and you're not going to make any more, you've still got 1,100 of them that people are willing to part with money for. Just yes, that's right. At least people, recoup some of your losses then. People were saying, name your price. Yeah. We will. We want these. We we want to keep them. We will buy them out. Or what do you want? You know, we'll mm. we'll find the money. <laughs> but they wouldn't do it. They wouldn't sell them at any price, which yep. just seems ludicrous. Makes no sense. No, there's something um, going on behind closed doors there. I think it was. It was too good. Mm. It was. It was better than it was supposed to be. I think it was a an experiment that accidentally leaked out. <laughs> and accidentally worked and yeah. it was accidentally really popular and mm. i think there were a few people at board level who were yeah a bit scared by that and um yeah it got it got destroyed and of course that was then it for the electric car mass yeah. market really yeah essentially that was all done essentially um, until until nissan came along with the well, I suppose Toyota with the Prius, although that's a hybrid, not a pure electric like the EV1 was. Uh, but it would have been Nissan with the Leaf, uh, yep. and then Tesla with the with the Roadster, is when it all came back. But you know, you're talking 20 years later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there was quite a bit of time elapsed between yeah. those two. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So a strange one that because although it was a flop, it was kind of engineered to be a flop. Mm. it was a it's a strange thing and i it, yeah we'll probably never know what really went on there but the the ev1 is a is a weird case study yes yes definitely very odd mm. Mm. now next one i was thinking of is a bit more conventional of okay of, well 
it was quite a flop. And you got to think, in the grand scheme of things, why did they even bother in the first place? And that was oh, the... there's a lot uh, of that goes on. Yes. Yeah. It was the uh, VW Phaeton. Oh, now that is an interesting choice. Yeah. You just, just got to think, well, what is the point? You've got, in, in that whole family of car brands, mm. why bother making a really swanky VW when you've got Audi? Bentley. Uh, well, Bentley is what yes. I was, yeah, more akin to a Bentley, yeah. I would have said, yeah. Because at that time, you'd have had you'd have had the Arnage and you'd have had the Flying Spur, was it? Mm, yeah, um, I think so. I think there's definitely some crossover, yeah. Yeah, you had other things, and it, yeah, that's, it was strange, the Phaeton, wasn't it? A super, super luxurious, beautifully engineered VW, yeah, for the people, yeah. Um, it's yeah, it's just it's weird, isn't it? I mean, and it it was a complete and utter failure. Yes, it was. You never see one. No, very very rare to see one. But you can have them now for for not a lot of money. Oh, you can if you can. Yeah, the the few times that I've seen one advertised, it's it's. It, yeah, you can have one for actually not much more than a well-specced Passat now, mm, um, and it's and it's a nice. It's it's quite a nice-looking thing, actually. If I'm honest. Yeah, I mean, it, there's nothing particularly special about the way it looks. I mean, you wouldn't if you saw one in a car park, you could miss it. It kind of just looks like a big Passat. It um, does. I think that's what adds to its. Appeal, yeah, though. it's very understated. It's very under the radar. You wouldn't know that there was anything special about it just by looking at it. No, um, this is it. And you think, well, and people in the know would would definitely know. Oh, people who know, know car guys would know, but yeah, a lot of people wouldn't yeah wouldn't know what it was. Or even if you said VW Phaeton, they don't know that it's a super luxurious. It's a big saloon car that VW made for a while. Yeah, strange choice. Made for a while. Ego made for a while. Fourteen years of production. Was it really? Yeah. Oh, me, I didn't know that. I didn't know it ran for a long. Well, that just shows. I mean, I didn't know it ran for as long as that. It went through various sort of. They said Great. generations, but it does just look like facelift after facelift. If I'm honest. But I mean, it yeah. can't have been a big seller because you never no. see one. You imagine getting hold of one of those, though, spending not a lot of money getting one W12 engine. Oh, yeah, of course it was. There was a lot going on there, wasn't there? Yeah. If you want something that is a bit special but doesn't look like it from a non prestige badge, <laughs> I don't quite yeah. know why you'd want all those things, but if you did, <laughs> it sounds quite appealing. If I'm honest, that would be the choice, wouldn't it? A very much under the radar, very powerful, very luxurious, big saloon car, because it only ever was a saloon, wasn't it? There never that's did right. any yeah. other variants of it. No. That's that's yeah, right. I mean, that's an interesting, and I'm surprised if it was that big a flop. They kept it going that long. I know it's weird, isn't it? I yeah, tell you it what, is. I tell you what, you could. This is a very tenuous link, but you could say if you bought the V10 diesel, you could oh. technically say it's got motorsport heritage. 
Could you? Yep. It, are you ready for the tenuous link? Yeah, go on then. Be as tenuous as you like. Yeah. Well, I say tenuous. It, it, there is there is a, a bit of a link. It it's a very heavily modified version. Uh, was taken from the Phaeton. A modified version of this V10 uh, engine that was used in the Phaeton was taken and used in the Le Mans race in two thousand and four. Uh, where Alola uh, raced under the Caterpillar badge. Truth. There you go. That's that, that's really pervy. Yeah, there you go. That's, that is yeah. that's a nice tenuous link there. <laughs> that's amazing. Wow. Well, there but, you yeah. go. Oh, like that's, that. that's incredible. Yeah. Well, like you say, yes, okay, you could claim there's some vague motorsport heritage there and and also at uh, when the phaeton was launched and it had this v10 diesel engine in, it was the most powerful diesel engined car in the world at that time uh, wow there you go wow how about that <laughs> there's a there's a reason to own one um <laughs> yeah some some grotty little facts there for you I think it really that. is I am impressed with that I didn't know those things about it. I had forgotten about it actually because you just never see one I mean not only do you never see one in the real world, you never even see one advertised no um, no I tell you what I tell you what it's very similar to you uh, if you go back to the nineties you think well oh yeah, phaeton looks like a big passat, so you, yes. you get lost in the crowd. Yes. Um, back in the nineties, when when Peugeot four hundred fives were everywhere. Yeah. The amount of times you saw a six hundred five, but dismissed it as a four hundred five. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That that's for your for your non car person. They would dismiss it at the drop of a hat. Yeah. Yes, you're probably right. Yes. Still nice mm. car. Another nice car there. Oh, Yes, not a failure. Not all. Uh, not not on the no, indeed. But uh, yeah, Phaeton's an interesting, interesting choice. Yeah, but they obviously, if it was such a failure, they stuck with it. They obviously refused to let let it go. Mm. Yeah, it certainly seems the case. I mean, yeah. I, after doing a bit of digging, I just didn't expect it to be lasting that long. It's no, I'm I'm genuinely surprised that they made it for that long i would have said two or three years at most i don't think like i said to you there were generations but the middle bit looks very similar yeah the the front and rear have been poked bit of of facelifting going on there i would suggest yeah absolutely yeah i can't imagine they've thrown too much money at it no well if it wasn't selling no um, they probably wanted to keep it under the radar internally as well, in case anybody um, noticed that it wasn't selling. From from what I'd, from the brief bit of uh, research that I did, I I think perhaps in its later life, where they were doing, uh, they'd always offered short wheelbase and long wheelbase, mm. and when they were unveiling these sort of facelifts, they did it quite a lot. Uh, in the Chinese market, they were unveiling it at um, car shows in Beijing, things like that, where 
where these big luxury barges yes. were selling a lot. Well, a lot of the big manufacturers make specific models for sale in China that aren't available anywhere else, particularly long wheelbase versions of things. Oh, they love a bit of room in the back, don't they? Yeah, they God do. knows what they get up to. No, I'd best not to look about that, I think. Um, but, uh, yeah, a lot of manufacturers, <laughs> certainly the German manufacturers, make specific Chinese models. So maybe it was maybe it was better out there. I don't know. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, certainly nothing over here. There was uh, everyone. Uh, no one was going. Oh, let's have a bit of that. No, mm. I don't even know if I've ever seen one for real. But you see, the thing is, you wouldn't know, would you? You'd probably miss it unless you you're really e- paying attention. You could dismiss that. You could easily miss it. You'll just say, "Oh, it's a VW." Mm. You just out the corner of your eye, and you just oh, well, it's a Passat or. You well, know, it's you wouldn't. Uh, it is standard reaction. Yeah. Oh, it's VW. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, they're 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 fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they're just everywhere. They're just yeah. Mm. Part of the furniture now, aren't they? Interesting but... choice. I'd forgotten about that. That's good. Okay. Mm. I'm glad you like that one. Yeah. What? Oh, yeah, I was worried I was going to steal one of your ones, but no, no that's all good. No, you haven't. No. I'm plummeting back into the past for this next one. In fact, I'm going all the way back to the 1950s. Oh, Um, God, I think you might be about to steal one of mine. Oh, when this car was first developed. And I am talking about the Ford Edsel. No, you're all right. You go for it. Uh, Very good. The Ford Edsel has been called one of the biggest misjudgments in automotive history it was a total and utter disaster it did not work on any level they completely misjudged the market Mm. it was wrong in every way Mm. it was too big it was too expensive it was too complicated it was ugly it it satisfied none of the requirements of the uh, American car buying public at that time. It was supposed to be the launch pad for an, a new generation of Fords. Um, they named it after Henry Ford's son, Edsel. Uh-huh. They produced it. Uh, they had 18 different variations of it. Really? Yeah. It, it Saloons. Coupes, convertibles, station wagons, that loads of different versions, eighteen different different models in the Edsel lineup. So the chances of going into a Ford dealer and coming out with the car that you wanted were quite slim. It was so complicated, <laughs> and it was just yeah, it was a sales and marketing disaster. They just completely misread mm. what was what was required, and they'd poured the equivalent of billions into it um oh yeah i'd I'd heard that it was hundreds of millions at the time it's just obscene money it was obscene money they were actually they were building it it was going to have its own dealer network it was going to be so successful it was almost like the edsel brand was almost going to be like a spin-off from ford and there were going to be dealerships that only sold edsels and it was going to be huge and it, it just wasn't i mean hideous thing oh absolutely revolting 
I've yeah. got a lot of time for 50 styling in cars. Yeah. But that was a, that was a dog's dinner. That was from every angle. The hmm. front end, I mean, I yeah, the front of it particularly with that huge vertically mounted oval grill, <laughs> the low roof line, the piggy little headlights, hmm. the enormous fins on the back. It was, but it was so un, it was so unbalanced. Redful. Yeah, really bad. And for a manufacturer like Ford uh, to get it that wrong. Yeah, it's embarrassing, that. And I also read recently that the the sales director of Ford at that time, Robert McNamara, who actually went on to be President Kennedy's, was he Secretary of State, I think, in the Kennedy government? Okay. He was one of the top cabinet members in, in Kennedy's government through the Cuban Missile Crisis and Bay mm-hmm. Pigs and all that. He was, he's the, anyway, before he got into politics and before he met the Kennedys, he was the chief executive for chief of sales executive for Ford. And he famously said that it was a really good product and the car buying public was wrong for not uh, embracing it. Really? Yeah. That's, <laughs> we've produced a product. You all hate it. So it's your fault. It's, it's hideous. Well, well done guys. I, d- that's the way to handle it. Oh dear! No, it is a brilliant product. You're all wrong. No, oh dear. No, oh dear. Well, we're still not going to buy it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a way to win round the, uh, the customers, isn't it? So, not only was the product utterly wrong, their reaction to it being a failure was utterly wrong. Like, no, oh, oh dear. it's your fault. Yeah. <laughs> yes. What do you mean you don't want to buy it? It's brilliant. Oh. Can't you see? <laughs> That's the problem. They could see it was awful. It was awful. It is really, really ugly yeah, from yeah. from every angle. Ford had put so much into it. I don't know why nobody signing the checks could see why, why this isn't going to work. You know what this makes me think of? Mm-hmm. Car failures that have had unnecessary mom, uh, money pumped into them. Yes. I'm going down the route of fiction here because it's hideous on the same level. Do you okay. remember the Homer and the <laughs> Simpsons? Yeah. There you go. Well, wasn't that sort of based on the Edsel? Exactly that? that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, yep. exactly. It's, it is one of the most famous failures and that this this wasn't like we were talking about the ev1 this wasn't you know an engineered failure failure or like the phaeton actually was a really good car but just people didn't seem there wasn't a market for it yeah this this was way worse than that it was a terrible car that had no market but they made it anyway it It was a failure at every level they really should have known better there's really no should. excuse. They had produced much better stuff up to that mm. point. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's Ford, clearly. You've got to you think, know. Ford in the 50s produced one of my absolute favourite car designs, probably not my favorite, one of my favourite cars, but the original Thunderbirds, one of my absolute oh, favourite things to look at. Stunning. Mm. Stunning. Mm. Yeah, low and sleek. 
and yeah, everything that the Edsel wasn't. That's right. Just gorgeous thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Just whatever you do, don't mention the 2002 one. No, we mustn't ever do that. What no. were they thinking? No. Although it was in a Bond film. Uh, Not uh, a good one. No, no, no. <laughs> quite possibly a contender for the shootest. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh dear! But and it, it, do you remember it rocked up in the second series of Twenty Four because it was around the time of launch, and they thought this will be a good idea. Uh, nope. Again, it, wherever you put it, it's not going to work. Yeah, I think that, as I said at the beginning, that the Edsel is famously one of the biggest uh, failures. Mm. In, in automotive history from a manufacturer who really should have known better really should have known better uh, and i don't know why uh, it got as far as it did no it's a bit odd uh, i'll tell you what though if we may go back to the the absolute dog's dinner of the uh 2002 ford thunderbird mm. it was a jag engine was it i didn't know that yeah it was the uh, well, it's from that era, isn't it? Where they yeah, really won, it, so it, yeah, it was the AJ8. Oh, the um, AJV8. Yeah, used in the XJ and the S Type and the numerous other Land Rovers and Range Rovers and things. Okay, that is correct because good engine. It's good the engine. Say, the Ford Thunderbird from that vintage is the same ford dew platform as the jaguar s type and the jaguar xf oh my word i okay. didn't i didn't know that <laughs> well that somehow dirties everything doesn't it It does it, it puts you right off those doesn't it well they came first of course but uh, um, yeah i suppose well the s well the s type yeah. did the xf yeah. didn't it was 2007 mm. but the yeah the s type was before that Yep, there you go. I thought you'd like that. I put you. I know. Just upset However, you about your Jaguars for a moment. Now. Just the S Type and the XF were not available in pink. <laughs> no, this is the true. Thunderbird was. For God's sake! <laughs> and it wasn't even a nice pink. It was that horrible kind of salmon pink that your granny wore. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah, it's faded in the wash pink. Oh, it was. Terrible. Not even a proper colour, that, no. no. But you could order it from the factory in that colour. Just, no, just take take bad, it away. Bad things. Yeah, take you're it. right. You're right. Well, there's two missteps from Ford there. I mean, the Thunderbird wasn't as big a misstep as the Edsel. No, um, but, yeah, that, I, I hadn't even considered that. But, yeah, the uh, dreadful. All of them dreadful. All of them dreadful. Uh, you can off. find Edsels for sale if you ever rummage around. They're available for between sort of 15 and 30 grand now. Are you mad? Well, I'm, no, I'm not saying I'm going to buy one. <laughs> Someone I clearly is. Well, I think it's the rarity of it now, isn't it? And it's, it's the kind of the fact that it is so awful. That's what, you know, people will, will go for it because it was just so terrible and it's a moment in history. Mm, no, nah, I'm all right. But, um, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm fine. I'm, I'm not going to part with a fiver for one. No, I don't think we should. But no. there we go. The the Ford Edsel needed mentioning in any list of automotive failures. The, the Edsel needs mentioning. <laughs> yeah, it's a good shout. I like that a lot. Mm. Um, may I pick a vehicle from a similar era then? Because I thought you were going to go for this one. Oh, you may. 
And that is the Nash Metropolitan. Oh, yes. Yes, I know it, that car. Yeah, I didn't yes. really... That didn't really work in the sort of target audience of America, did it? Mm, no. <laughs> they liked the look of it, but then then they saw it in person and went, oh, it's a shoe. <laughs> this is the problem. It's a shoe. I, I, I once heard it described as a, a buggy derailed from a right? <laughs> it's... It's bang on, isn't it? And it was available in those colours too. Yeah, it, it does look like it should be attached to some yeah. sort of track thing. It does. It should be, yeah. At a the, wheel, the wheel shouldn't be real. It should be bolted to something underneath and forever going round in a circle with little children in it. Yes. It, right. it must be possibly the only car that was due to be, well, essentially, it essentially was an American car, really, wasn't it? It was, yes. Produced in Longbridge. No. Really? Yeah, it did. Oh, my yeah, word. It, it was developed in cooperation with Austin. Wow. It, 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 I'm not saying it was exclusively produced in Longbridge. I'm just saying it was some were produced in Longbridge. Some were produced in Longbridge. Wow, mm. that's incredible. In fact, I've just done a quick Google, and I have found a right-hand drive one on British plates. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, 1959 Austin Metropolitan. There you go. Yeah, it's actually for sale. It's for sale in Lincolnshire. Wow. Oh, my goodness me. How much do they want for that? Too? There um, we example. Go. Uh, let me just have a look here. Uh, it has, in fact, sold. What did it sell for? £14,000. People have got more money than cents. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> uh, yeah, mm. Yes, back in the 1950s, the Nash Motor Company saw a market for a smaller, more economical car. Mm. And they came up with that. That's it's a just... valid choice, mate, because that's awful. It is, and you've got to think, all of the things that were available in 50s America, and someone went, oh, let's give them that. Yeah, that'll sell. Oh, dear. Oh, I like the spare wheel on the boot. That's, That's nice. Yeah. yeah. They're trying to make it look like a Lincoln or something with that, aren't they? Because the Lincoln Continental had that. Um, yes. Uh, but the reason that had it there, they chose that as a styling uh, yes, cue, didn't they? They did. The spare wheel was actually on the inside, but they shaped the boot lid around it to make it, yeah, it would, like you say, it was a styling cue. Yeah, yeah. it was a styling thing, whereas... That yeah, must that have actually, been a packaging issue. That actually is the spare wheel bolted to the boot lid with the number plate stuck on over the top of the whole assembly. That's yeah, right. like you say, that's because there was nowhere else to put it. <laughs> oh, mind you, if we go back to the uh, original Thunderbird, that had the spare wheel on, on the trunk. On the trunk, yes, I'm saying boot lid. Of course, I mean trunk, yes. yes. Uh, it was an American car, although, as I say, this one is a right-hand drive. Yes, like you say, that was the Austin yeah. Would you like a, ma- a metropolitan from the Longbridge plant? No. No. <laughs> you want Would anything like from the Longbridge plant? No. No. See, this is no. default response. I really don't want one of these wherever it was made. Yeah. It's Noddy's car, isn't it? Really, that's what was. That's uh, what yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> God, you would look ridiculous in that. 
Oh, there's one here with a matching caravan. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, as if I thought it couldn't be made any better. Oh, dear. No, I restrained myself there. It was nearly <laughs> F-bomb territory. <laughs> oh, that's lovely, that. What is... But... Is it on a... <laughs> is the caravan the same scale as the car? Yeah. It's oh, also imagine. the same colour as the car. They've painted oh. it to match. Oh, can you imagine? What if someone <laughs> lets one go in a caravan that size? You can't do it. Oh, that's just unbelievable. What, <laughs> what, a, what a thing. What a thing. Oh, dear. Us, the, oh, I, I cannot understand why the, we don't see those everywhere. I mean, all right, let's let's accept that someone's made a caravan to attach to your Nash Metropolitan. Well, I have, because I'm looking at a picture of it. <laughs> but as tow cars go, it's going to be a bit shit. Yeah, I'd have said. Uh, because... I think that's the least of its problems, to be fair. <laughs> I'm, I'm not wrong in thinking, am I, that the engines used in that were BMC B-series engines. Uh, well, probably if it's come from Longbridge, uh, but in general, because they were, yeah, they were the 1.2 and the 1.5 B series, right? Okay, would you want to tow anything with those? You'd no, barely, you wouldn't. barely move the passengers, yeah. No, that's not well, that's I say not passengers, good, driver and passenger. Awful. Uh, no, oh, thank good. you for sending that. That's very nice. <laughs> Just no, a job. I needed, I needed to share. I couldn't, wow. couldn't have that on my own. you imagine rocking up at a car show and them coming over to talk to you? Oh, you... Mm. Honestly, I don't run very often, but you'd see it. Yeah, like you say, it could be worth uh, yeah, getting out of town quick. Yeah, mm. That's an alarming photo because you've got a Nash <laughs> Metropolitan with uh, a colour-coded tiny caravan... And then you've got what seems to be vintage fire engines in the background. Yes, I noticed that. It's weird, isn't it? I don't know what's going on there. It's obviously a show of some sort. Yeah. Uh, is that a what's that? In, is that a Volvo? Uh, yeah, that's a S forty, isn't it? That's an S forty, isn't it? Yeah. But like you say, a row of vintage fire engines, and a Nash Metropolitan pulling a matching caravan. All in all, that field there, I don't want to visit it. All I the s- weirdness there. Yes. I especially don't want to visit the portaloos in back of shop there. Ugh. My goodness well, you won't, me. You won't need to. You got. You can have a bucket in the caravan there. Oh, I don't want to shit in a cupboard. Oh. It's a very brightly painted cupboard. Oh, my God. Do you love the, uh, the what they've done to the windows there? They've made it look like they've got the uh, got lead in the windows. Lead in the windows. <laughs> I did notice that. Mm. Oh, it's... So awful. What a state to get in. <laughs> Dear. Well, I, th- I think, let's, let's put this down. Let's move away from that. <laughs> I don't want to look at that anymore. No, no. <laughs> right, come on, tell me, tell me the next flop. Oh, oh. <laughs> That's bad. Oh, I don't know if I can now. I think I'm ruined. <laughs> that image is forever stuck in my brain. Oh, dear. I Do you reckon the forever changed? Oh, I wonder if it's a leaded window on the toilet in the caravan. Oh, as it's not real lead, I bet the uh, the stickers peel off the window if it is. <laughs> well, they would with you in there. 
Oh dear. Oh. Right, no more Nash oh. Metropolitans. No more shitting in caravans. No, I'm really glad you mentioned that. <laughs> oh, how the hell did we get here? Oh, dear. <laughs> Down the rabbit right. hole. I'm going to something much more modern. Please do. And something actually that wasn't a failure and actually wasn't a failure on the part of the manufacturer. It was, okay. it started out as quite a successful vehicle, but then was, it took a bit of a nosedive. Okay, go for it. And that is the Ford Probe. Oh, that's because people in the dirt on the car kept writing anal. <laughs> yeah, that was part of the problem. <laughs> The the other issue, of course, was um, our friend Mr. Steve Coogan. Uh, oh, who, yeah, completely ruined it. Who gave it to his uh, character, Gareth Cheeseman, and utterly ruined the Ford Probe. Yes, no uh, one wanted to be associated with it. No, they didn't. It was, in its first year, uh, a very successful vehicle. Um, in fact, Ford even had hopes of it being the new um, Capri. And then uh, Coogan got hold of it, and sales in the second year were a bit small. <laughs> Steve Coogan killed the Ford Pro. Well, that's all right. You I do remember... occasionally see one looking a bit rough, but they haven't fared well. No. Um, I remember my neighbour had one probably three or four years after they came out. Right. And for me, it didn't really endear it any further because he was a complete dick as well. Well, this was the problem because it was only people like that that bought them mm. after a while and they disappeared from all the Ford forecourts Yes, because no dealer wanted them. Um, oh. they, started, they started getting shoved out to auctions and things and, yeah, they just started getting bought by the wrong people. Mm. So it was a failure but it wasn't really the fault of the manufacturer. No, it was ruined by someone who we allow into our living room. So Yes, exactly. It's impressive um, that he can just take out an entire car. It wasn't a bad car. I, always, I quite liked the way it looked. It was, it was very, very, oh, very yeah. 90s, yeah. All it the curves. But... All the curves, but, you know, it wasn't bad. You know, you compare it to the Vauxhall Calibra and other cars that are around at that time. It was, you know, that sort of thing. That's um, right. I mean, because uh, my my dad had a company Calibra for a while. That and... fared a lot better, but it only because really the the not because it was any better than the Probe because the Probe suffered this marketing disaster. Yes, I do. Uh... Um, and nobody oh. wanted it anymore, which was uh, a bit of a shame and not Ford's fault um, mm. that it failed. But it was nevertheless a failure and it disappeared. And they've never used that name again. They've reused the name Puma recently, stupidly. And obviously yeah. the, the Mustang name is now on EVs. Um, but it's just, um, it's yeah, mirror, isn't it? there um, is. But the Probe name has, has never been no, I mean, why on earth? For the best. No, just why call it probe as well? It was a strange choice, wasn't it? Yeah, not good. I mean, no. now now I look back, I look back quite fondly. Like you mentioned, the Calibra mm. for a, a Cavalier and a frock, it was quite a nice looking car, really. Yeah, not bad. 
quite quite sought after now i think mm, i'm a, i just i always like the quite the the front of it always pleased me the quite thin headlights uh i liked that it was a it was a better it was more refined design i thought than the probe um, yes yeah and i remember as because i was uh i was a, i was still a kid at the time and i remember it being the first car that my dad brought home then it had leather seats Oh, that that was a big deal. That was yeah, yeah, posh. Yeah, that was yeah, made it. Yeah, yeah. Because after that, he had a bit of a run of cool company cars. They mm. were they were sort of hand me downs from his boss, and they didn't stick around for long. But they were some fun things. Oh, ideal. We had what did we have? We had a a discovery, black tan interior, lovely. Oh. Oh, nice. That was nice, um, and then the one that really did it for me—the the first vehicle that I uh, saw three figures on the speedo—the uh, uh, Mercedes One Ninety E Cosworth. Oh, now those are very collectible these days. Mm. You find a good one of those, it will go for proper money now. Yes, um, really proper money. That was a yeah. that thing was. Bloody brilliant! And to a kid, I honestly, anywhere. I remember when he had that. If he said we needed to pop out somewhere, so we take a Mercedes, I would go anywhere. I didn't give a toss what the destination was. No, No, you were going to go. Yeah, yeah, I could understand that. Yeah, that's Mm. very cool. Mm. That's that's still cool today. Yes, and at the time, I remember. Uh, uh, I know it was such such a dickhead behaviour on my part, but I was in I, I was in secondary school, and there were a bunch of us who knew cars. Yeah, and my dad rocking around in one of those mm. was like, oh yeah, a lot of points for that. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. There's whichever way you slice it, uh, that's that's cool. Mm. Uh, that just is. Yeah, but, yeah. And a good one of those today will go for proper money. They're really yeah. Sort of yeah, they're sort of knocking on the door of 25, 30 grand now. They are. You ask anybody who knows about cars if they'd like one of those, and yeah. And Lovely. Yeah. 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 Really. Even, cool. in, even in some of the crap colours they did it in. Oh, his one was the red. Lovely. Oh. Bur- well, burgundy, really. Yeah. Those, okay, those lovely kind of hen's tooth teats, uh, uh, seats, sorry. And they've got the, the, well, it wasn't, it was leather bolsters with the that hen's tooth. Uh, oh, the I know. Yeah, yeah, I know. And in yeah. the rear seats, it wasn't, they didn't bother making it three seats in the back. They sculpted the seat so you could only have two passengers in the rear. Nice touch. Mm. Nice touch. Really nice. Yes, nice touch. Mm. Yes, I, I was, was looking at another car recently where they'd done that. I can't think mm, what it was. So yeah. sad when that thing went. Yeah, I bet. Mm. I bet. Very tasty. Yes. Uh, actually, that's a really nice segue, actually. Oh. Onto cars my dad had. We do were, accidentally uh, have one of those. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that turned out to be a bit crap <laughs> and was a flop and was rectified, shall we say. Okay. Uh, was the Mark V Escort. Oh, dear. That's a very yeah. good choice. I should have chosen that because my father had one of those too. <laughs> um, we've talked about it before. Mm. Yes, the Mark V Escort 
uh, yeah, was not uh, uh, Uncle Henry's uh, finest hour. No, not at all. Not as good as the one before and not as good as the one afterwards, no. Uh, <laughs> yes, and well, as a result, it didn't really last that long, did it? As a Mark V no. quickly became a Mark VI, really, didn't they? It did. They, they heavily facelifted it and changed the engines and, yeah, sorted it right out. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the Mark V... Uh, it was a great disappointment after the Mark IV. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And uh, like I say, the, he had one while he was working for the same company. And oh my God, what a what a turd. Yeah. It was back. And my father and I both had escorts at that time. He had a Mark V and I had a Mark IV. And yeah, he had a lot of trouble with that one. Yes. Mm. <laughs> yes. Not so good. No, no, I seem to remember the CVH engines they put in those were uh, very underpowered and made horrible noises. And oh, yeah, they a tad agricultural, I think, is the yes, is what we're after there. Yeah, it was just a bit nasty, wasn't it? The Mark V, yeah, widely regarded as a mistake, it just wasn't up to scratch. This is, yeah, this is true. I mean, I what did my dad's one have? He had the, uh, he had the one point eight Z Tech at least. Did they do Z Z Tech that early? I thought Z Tech came in with the Focus. No, I believe they had Z Techs in those. Okay, I think it was the. I think that was the only engine, uh, the only Z Tech in it. Actually, the one point eight. It was the EFI. Okay, I think my dad's was a. A 1.6 GL estate. So I'm not sure what engine that would have had. Um, probably yeah. the CVH. Um, uh, more than likely, yeah. No, I definitely yeah. remember it being the, it was definitely the 1.8 because it was, a, uh, they fitted the 1.8s to the, I want to say they fit them to the XR3s as well. Well, XR3Is. XR3I, yes, you're probably right. Yes. Yes, because the XR3i was available in Mark 3, 4, 5, and 6 form, I think, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Um, that sounds yeah. right. Yeah. Um, oh, very good. Uh, yeah. Mark 5 Escort, yeah, is a good choice because that was not good. Uh, although no. I think it still sold reasonably well. I think they just quickly replaced it. Yes, I think you're right. Uh, we just. I remember seeing a lot of them around at the time. You never, ever see one anymore. No, no. Um, but the Mark V and then the, the facelifted one, which I believe had what Jeremy Clarkson called the corporate nostril, which was the great big oval that, grill. The oval grill, yeah, because yeah. the five didn't really have a grill, did it? it no, was... it was all kind of smoothed in. And from that point of view, it was quite a sort of neat design, but the, the front end of it wasn't really its problem. <laughs> No, that's it. I mean, if you look back and you look at the, like, say, we the XR3Is and the RS2000s of the mm. five, they look the part. Yeah, they don't look bad. Yeah. No. There was a Cosworth version as well, because Clarkson had that for a while um, oh, as his yeah. long-term test car. Um, yeah, but you, 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 you can't include that in the mix, though. No, you can't, really. Because it's... It's it was a different car, isn't it? Really? It's, it's underneath. It's, it's essentially the same body panels. Yeah, it looks like an Escort, but underneath, it's essentially a Sierra. Yeah, 
they just dressed it in the Mark V body panels. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And put the enormous wing on the back. Yeah. So yes, that was that was different. But the rest of the range, yeah, was not uh, not so good. Not at all. But there a we bit go. of a letdown because the escorts up to that point had all been quite reasonable. Yes. Yeah. That I think that was its biggest problem. Yeah. Because it was just like... really disappointed with it. Yeah, they were cheesed off because the Escort was such a popular car, and they went, yeah. well, "What have you? How have you buggered it up this much?" Yeah, <laughs> you ruined it this badly. Yeah, and then they quickly corrected it, as you say, with the launch of the Mark VI, which took it, made it look completely different. They moved the design language on again quite a lot. Yeah, that was it. It was it was full nineties, but oh, it, yeah, it, it, it hit the mark. That's exactly what was required. Yes, that's right. And then they rode that till the end of the escort. Then, then we had a focus and radical departure with the focus, yeah, which was a very bold design and then, was an enormous success. And the rest is history. And the rest is, as they say, history. But no, Mark V Escort, it's a good choice. Um, mm. Yeah, that was a misstep. That was a, um, it's kind of the one bad escort, really. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd agree I'd, on that. I'd say the rest of them were. Not not Good. too shabby, really. Not too shabby at all. No, absolutely. And of course, the, the Mark One has become a bit of a legend um, now. A bit of a pricey legend. They have, haven't they? Yeah, they've really gone up. Decent yeah, Mark One now. Yeah. You say if you go for a fancy, if you went for like a Mexico, oh, forget about it. You're sort yeah. of sixty, seventy grand. Yeah, you are. Yeah. yeah, you are. Proper money now for a for one with it. And if you get one with a bit of motorsport heritage, oh. Oh yeah, I mean, it's, you get back yeah. and go, if you can lay your hands on Roger Clark's British Rally winning Mark One Escort, <laughs> yeah, good heavens! Oh, it's telephone numbers now, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Oh yeah, because what was that was? Oh, a nice old Top Gear reference from when in its original form. Um, Tony Mason was his co-driver, wasn't he? So he was. Yeah, Gary. Yes, so he little Tony Mason. Yep. Yeah forgotten about that yeah but so, yes as you say a, a tidy mark one now will go for for serious money yeah silly money yeah yeah really daft really. yeah but, mark five escort good good choice good stuff have you got any others to think of i've got one more oh go on then on the list i'm heading back to america um, please do it took a little bit of rummaging to find what this was i knew it existed but i couldn't remember any of the details of it and it uh, was a car that was it was based it was a, it comes from the gmc stable it was based on um a platform that was used by pretty much all the gmc uh makes so uh, chevrolet pontiac buick you know they all sort of shared this this one uh, platform and it's another car that was an enormous letdown for the for the buyers uh, and it was the Cadillac Cimarron. Oh, I do. I, I know the name. It yes. Was a, it was their attempt at a small, cheap Cadillac. Oh, um, dear. Younger buyers into the brand. Yeah. Something different, you know, trying to broaden their horizons a bit. Um, it was based on, I think I'm writing, saying the Chevrolet Cavalier. Which of course is a name that was reused by the British division uh, later on. Um, That's right. 
but uh, I think it was a Chevrolet. I might be wrong on that, but certainly. I think you're right. I'm casting my mind back because it mm. was that. It was the Cavalier. It was the oh, there was a, a Buick variant as well. Yes, I think there were there were several. Yeah, um, on this smaller platform, came with a, a choice of there was a, a four cylinder. Uh, engine available with manual or unusual for a Cadillac as well. Automatic transmission producing uh, 80 brake horsepower. Um, <laughs> or they did it with a, a 2.6 uh, litre uh, V6, I think, which produced uh, about 110 brake horsepower. I, wow, take your the, face off. The, the Americans' ability to get such a tiny amount of power from such a huge engine has never ceased to amaze. It's they just do it weird, time isn't it? Time again. Yes. Well, they, they're all over it. They've got these stupid bloody emission things, but they go, we still need a big motor. Yes. So- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it, yeah, but it's not doing anything. Mm. It's just using an immense amount of fuel to produce a tiny amount of power. Yeah, but at least it's fine coming out in the exhaust pipe. Yeah, oh, yeah, well, they, don't worry about that. Um, Unbelievable. Not to 60 in 15 seconds. <laughs> I was, it, was, it was a lovely thing. And again, it just completely turned off the buying public. It said, well, that's not the Cadillac. That's not well, what your, your blue-haired lady in Fort Lauderdale is looking for. No, she wants a barge that's still rocking eight hours after she's parked it. Oh, she'd like it to still be on the go when she gets back in it the following morning. Yeah, yeah, you want to absolutely. Just gently absolutely. lull her back to sleep. Absolutely, she want when you park it, the boot is in another state. That's, yes, yeah, yeah, yes. that's that's important. It is, it is important, absolutely. And you know, if you have an accident, you're at least a mile from it, whichever mm. corner it's at. But this was a little compact saloon car. Uh, didn't look like a Cadillac. Didn't feel like a Cadillac. Didn't go like a Cadillac. It was a shameless marketing exercise, really, to try and get people into Cadillacs who otherwise wouldn't have bought Cadillac. And it, That's right. it, it didn't work at all. Yep. Yep. Ruined. So, broken. Yeah, no good. I'd, and again, very rare now. You just can't find them. No, uh, not, and, that, not that you'd want to. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not something you want to go and hunt around for, is it? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. It's interesting that a lot of our flops have come from over the pond, um, the colonies. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah they're, oh, they're quite good at it. They're quite good at pumping out things that uh, nobody wants. I suppose. Um, yeah, <laughs> just a bit crap. Mind you, right, from our perspective, we'd say that some of the stuff that sells really well over there is utter crap. True. We have different tastes over here. And to be fair, at that time, when that car was launched, it wasn't just competing against domestic stuff, because by that time... Oh, the Japanese as well over there. The Japanese and the Germans had got compact saloon cars awash. Mm. They were everywhere, and they were all better. Um, yes and that was a serious again this was an attempt to try and compete cadillac with the likes of bmw and toyota and nissan and mercedes Mm. and yeah it was uh it's just desperate (laughs) (laughs) absolutely desperate yeah the stick and like a lot of a lot of american styling at that time it's very 
unresolved. They were, they were, you know, it was very boxy and eighties, but they were mm. still trying to take design cues from what had gone before. And you end up with this very boxy car, but with, you know, strange shaped trim down the side or yeah. fake, fake wire steel wheels, but with like a fake wire wheel plastic hubcap on it. Strange designs of the light clusters and things like that, where they they were, they were almost the more plastic you stuck on it, the more chrome you had on it, the more luxurious it was. Um, yeah, the the interpretation of luxury in America is different to what we interpret. At that time, it was particularly bad. I don't think yes. it's, they're a bit more international with it now, but back then there was a lot of strange designs. Mm. Another car from the GMC stable, which is worth mentioning at this point, which I don't know was a massive flop, although I don't think it was an enormous seller uh, either, was the LeBaron. <laughs> now, LeBaron yeah. made some very interestingly styled cars. Oh, yes. Um, yes. Yeah, LeBaron, so... yeah, I mean, that, you know, wood on the side and the, yeah, the plastic fake. Uh, wire wheel hubcaps and all mm. of that. Not good. Uh, uh, suitcase carrier or trunk carrier on top of the trunk lid. Um, That's right. Yeah. All kinds of stuff. The the LeBaron, famously used in um, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, uh, the car that they crash and then set fire to, <laughs> um, that they use to try and get across country in one sequence. That was a LeBaron. There was also a LeBaron used in some episodes of Seinfeld. George had a LeBaron um, convertible for a That's while. That's right. Yes, he did. Yes. Uh, I think that caught fire as well, actually. Funny. <laughs> I think you're right. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that was a theme. Mm. But again, it was a car that just had this, this weird, it's like a modern 80s styling, but still trying to hark back to to 1950s and 1960s stuff with wood on the sides and yeah a weird weird mix of style like the the more the more trim you put on it and the the bouncier the suspension and the the deeper the velour seats let you sink into them the more luxurious oh, it was yeah they're, they're it they're missed by a mile didn't they yeah they did but there was mm. a lot of it and 80s and 90s American cars had that weird transitional styling. Yes, they did. And it was, oh dear, it wasn't good. Mm. But uh, yes, the Cadillac Cimarron uh, would be my, my final choice for a, a shameless marketing exercise that, the exercise that fell flat on its face. Oh, it's a good choice. <laughs> yep. Utter failure. Now, I yes. think uh, last one on my list, we're moving back to Europe for this one. Okay, that's good. And we've got an interesting bit of heritage to go with it, but it in itself was a flop. And uh, that was the uh, Renault Aventime. Ah, I know someone who's got one. You do indeed. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Just, I mean, cool thing, actually. Quite a. Very cool and quite clever, Mm. actually, in terms of its engineering. But no one wanted it. But yeah, well, it killed um, Matra, didn't it? It did. It killed and... a company. It was so such a disaster. It killed a company. <laughs> and like I said to you, the, the the heritage of it could be traced back to something that was almost a flop, 
uh, being the Renault Espace. Yeah, well, the Renault Espace is an interesting case in point, isn't it? Because that started off as a, a bit of a failure, but it quickly mm. redeemed itself and quickly caught up. It didn't sell well to begin with. No, I think I think I'm right in saying that in the UK, I think in the first year of sale, didn't they sell something like twenty odd Espaces? No, I heard, I it. heard it was less than that. Wow, I, I heard it was nine. Well, there you go. Nine. Not not good. But like you say, no. I mean, well, when people didn't get it, no, people it didn't understand. First, it was the first of its kind. That's right. And when we ended up, I mean, you think back now. Uh, what was that? Mid eighties, the first yes, Espace. Yes, would have been. Yeah, it would have been. Yeah, and well, we saw them everywhere. Oh, they were absolutely everywhere. Yeah, yeah, enormously successful, mm. eventually, but not to begin with. It not took, to begin. It was, a, it was a very slow start. It took a mm. long time. But Renault, to their credit, they stuck with it. I mean, the sales were certainly bad enough that they could have justified cancelling it, but they didn't. Somebody at Renault, I think, could see that it was going to work. Unfortunately, the Aventime uh, didn't uh, get that chance. Uh, no, no, that was that was all done. Yes, it, was. Uh, it killed Matra, who were building it. And uh, yeah, they just yeah killed it stone dead. And that was yeah rare old beast now. Definitely. I'll tell you what, there was an Espace that was even rarer than the Aventine. Do you remember? It was it was very much a showpiece, but it, well, no, I say not a show, it, an exhibition piece, but it worked. Okay. In 95, they made an Espace F1. Oh, I do remember something about that. Yeah, they chucked a, they chucked a Renault V10 Formula 1 engine in it. Yeah. And off it went. Because isn't technically the Espace is mid-engined? Oh, I believe you're right. Yeah. Yes. I th- I think yeah, so due, due it to its motor, placement, it has motorsport heritage. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah motorsport right. credentials, I should say, uh, not heritage. Racing yeah. credentials because it's mid-engine. Yeah, there you go. But it, it you got to think it spawned so many cars. It was like occasionally you get a vehicle that comes along like that. The Ford Focus was the same. That's another vehicle that doesn't get the credit it deserves. Mm. In that it within. Within two years, let's be generous. Within two years, pretty much every major manufacturer had copied it. Um, yep. And the Espace was absolutely the same. It was such an unexpected success that, yeah, very quickly everybody else realized, oh, God, we got to have one of those. Yeah, Look at that. Yeah. They're selling thousands of them. Yeah. I think we had, what did we have after that? We had. Toyota Previas, Nissan Serenas, BW Sharan, Seat Alhambras, Ford Galaxy, all yeah. of the same car. But... All of the same car, yes. Yeah. The um, the space wagon springs to mind as well. Yeah, the yeah, Mitsubishi, the yeah. uh, Peugeot 80 something. They all copied it. Yeah. it's As I say, it's like the Focus. It's one of those cars that doesn't get the credit, actually, for changing the face of of car design mm. um it was so successful eventually that it... it is isn't it funny that we look at that fondly and go it's a well it's just a people carrier yeah why are we getting excited about that yeah but i do, i don't see us ever looking fondly an suv 
No, well, the pr the problem with the SUV is that it doesn't it doesn't really do anything better. It solves it, you know, no problems. It solves no problems. An MPV like like the Renault Espace, it it is better at a number of key things. Mm. It's very clever in its design. You can configure the interior in all sorts of different ways. You want to use it as a van, you use it as a van. You want to use it as a minibus, you use it as a minibus. People use them as campers. People use them for businesses. They, they, had, they were so versatile. The SUV mm. is not, yeah, is not better. It's not better than an estate car. It's not better than a proper off-roader like the full-size Range Rover. No. It's not better than a van. No. At carrying stuff. It's, yeah, like you say, it's it's not better at anything, whereas the Espace was was so versatile, you could kind of buy it and use it for all those things, and it would be good at all of them. That's it. Um, it's perfect for that. And you look, yeah. at, you look at an original Mark I Espace now, and it looks cool as well. Yeah, it does. It does. Very, yeah, and quite angular for its time. Quite um, angular, but I tell you what, that, that thing that a lot of them had, the, the they had that two-tone thing. They had the body color, and then uh, when you got the yeah. A, the B, and the C pillars in the roof, they, that was black from there on up, I think. Yeah. Someone's thinking about that. Someone's done really well. I remember I liked the shrouded-in hubcaps as well. I thought that looked very futuristic at the time. Mm. Um, and I think you could get them with twin sunroofs. Um, oh, lovely. And, of course, you had the sliding doors and the fully opening tailgate at the back. And it was just so you could spin the seats around or fold them flat or have the front ones as a little picnic table. I mean, you do so much with it. I mean, essentially, so dogging practical. paradise is what you're saying. Oh, I'd, oh you could. <laughs> they might have got used for that. Um, <laughs> you never know. You never know. I'm sure it's happened somewhere. I know someone who's got a later Espace. I think it's a Mark three or four. Oh god as Please. long as it's not the mark five don't think so i think i got a feeling that that's still a thing yeah you might be right perhaps not in this country but i think the mark oh they'll five... be making it under license somewhere yeah the yeah. mark five espace which isn't really an espace yeah will be on sales somewhere i guarantee it you're probably right yeah i mean like i said they they it's not something that we're given over here because it's not for us. No, it's a Mark III that my friend has got, uh, and he absolutely loves it for the versatility um, because you can do anything with it. Oh, fair um, play. He can get more in his Mark III Espace than he can in his Ford Transit that he uses for, for business. Well, that says a lot, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's only the low-top, short-wheelbase Transit, but nevertheless, um, he can get more in the espace with the interior configured properly because you because mm -hmm. you can remove the seats completely oh yeah you can just bog them off lob them in the garage and away you go yeah it's so that you can do anything with it uh which is not the case with an suv as you say it's not and i'll tell you what they curiosity is nothing curiosity has got the better of me here and yes on the french renault website you can have Still have a Mark V Renault Espace for forty-seven thousand five hundred euros. Oh, good that's lord! The, that's prices from. That's hideous. Yeah, you can't do that. That's daylight robbery. I know. I mean, I tell you what, though, the Renault range in France is 
enormous. Yeah, I well, I've yeah, and I, I yeah, I think I've heard this. They but, sell but... estate cars. Well, I didn't think anybody did that anymore. No, they they sell one that there's a talisman. Whatever one of those is, I've never even heard of that. No, no, you can get a talisman saloon or estate. Wow, and this is stuff that we suspect is only available in France. It, well, yeah, I thought I'll go to Renault.fr and that'll do. Yeah, yeah, it's a big estate car. Wow, there we go. I'm educated. Yeah, I mean, I from from just without any sort of context or anything sat next to it, it looks like it's kind of. Uh, Laguna-sized, if you're going back to okay. Renault's I always, past. I always like the Laguna. Mark 1 Laguna. Mm. Perfect. Because you can see that in William's colours flying around Donington Park. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You've got Alan Menu and Jason Plato just bashing things out of the way. Perfect. Yeah, it's true. It's, yep. it's a touring car, isn't it? Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, it just is. Or if you want to go slightly later with the mild facelift on the uh, Mark One, they had the Nest Cafe livery. Oh, very good. Mm. Oh, that's again you're coming up with some pervy knowledge there. Oh, it's just yeah, oh, it's, it's, it's dirty, a good one, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it's dirty. That is terribly sorry. Oh, very good, very good, sir. Yeah, but yes, uh, Laguna liked that. Mm. Liked that a lot. Yes, not a flop that one. No, massive success. They mm. were everywhere. Oh, and you remember the big thing about the... It, was a, it must have been the Mark II Laguna. Going, it doesn't have a key. <laughs> it's got a card thing. I'd forgotten they did that. Yeah, <laughs> I'd forgotten they did that. Oh, lovely. Lovely, lovely. Oh, more... They were ahead of the game there, weren't they? Oh, yeah. Brilliant idea that was. Make mm. it credit card size, but far too fat to go in your wallet. Perfect. Yeah. Who would have a problem with that? Well, I think uh, that's probably enough of that for this week. Uh, check us out on uh, all the various social medias and things. Uh, thank you very much for listening. <laughs>